Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. And we are back for another episode of Inside Inside Sales. How are you doing today, folks? My name is Daryl Prell. As always, I am your host. I travel the world looking for the most intelligent, the most knowledgeable, the most insightful, the most funny, the most engaging, the most experienced individuals to join me on a weekly conversation where we talk about the pragmatic meat and potatoes. How do I get stuff done? For the sales development reps. It's all about actionable advice that you can implement immediately if I've done my job right. And if I have not, please reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform you want to. I even get email and send me your feedback. That'd be fantastic. By the way, I haven't asked this for a while. If you want to share this or review this or like this or just basically spread the word about the inside, inside sales show, I'd be like, I'd be grateful. Today is a cool show. I have got Chris Beal. Now, if you don't know who Chris Beal is, I would suggest politely and respectfully that you're sitting somewhere dark and with all outside external media turned off. Chris is the president and CEO of Connect and Sell. Connect and Sell has been around for a few years now. But what's really cool about Connect and Sell is a couple of things. One, they've got this whole platform, I'll let Chris describe it shortly, that is all about just what I call it, just volume, just volume and intelligence to go and just reach a much broader audience through the phone and other vehicles than you on your own can do. That's what's really cool. So he'll explain that shortly. But what's even more cool is that when you take the tenure of a company like Connect and Sell with all the customers they've had, with all the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of calls that their clients and their platform have made, you start to learn a thing or two. And I thought if ever there was an individual who could come on to our show and say, let's talk about the anatomy of a cold call. Let's break it down. It's Chris. So with that as the buildup, he's on LinkedIn. Follow him right now. Check out, you know, Google Connect and Sell. Check them out. But with that, Chris, welcome to the show. Daryl, excited to be here. How long has Connect and Sell been around, Chris? I mean, you guys have been around for a bit now. Yeah, I've been around for, uh, I guess, uh, 12 years doing exactly what we've always done, which is we're like the simplest thing in the world. You push a button and you talk to somebody. We haven't thought of Act 2 yet. We're just still doing Act 1. <laughs> Do you know what Act 2 is going to be, or is that uh, proprietary information that you can't share? Oh, we don't have much imagination, so uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be guessing, but... I have a strong suspicion sometime this year we're going to take it mobile. I know we should have done that a long time ago, but there are folks who'd love to talk to people while they're on the road, and we yeah. want to make that easy too. And we see that a lot of vanilla software are having the exact same conversation, so that's probably a smart move. If that were to happen, you might have heard it here first, folks. All right, now, how did I do a representing your solution? I know you've got like an elevator pitch that you probably have given a thousand times, but for somebody who's not familiar with Connect and Sell, and I don't always ask this of my guests, but I'm asking you today because it really is relevant to today's conversation. 
So talk to me about Connect and Sell a little bit. Well, what Connect and Sell does is it lets an SDR, anybody in our audience here who, uh, you know, their, their employer is kind enough to let them use it. It just lets them talk to a lot more people with no effort. So everybody knows now it's so hard to get folks on the phone. It's like a one in 20 shot, right? You dial, you navigate a phone system, you go to voicemail over and over and over. It kind of started in 2005, really, if you look back at the history, it became very, very hard to get people on the phone. And Connect and Sell is just a way that combines technology and, and people actually behind the scenes to make that whole mess go away. And all you do is you push a button and you talk to somebody on your list, usually in three or four minutes. So it's kind of obnoxious. You have to wait a little bit, but you don't have to dial. You don't have to do any work at all. You just like call in an Uber. You push a button, you talk to somebody on your list. And that's about it. Everything else is technical stuff that nobody should care about. We integrate to your CRM. But the big deal is the fight is won inside the conversation. We give you 10 times more conversations, 10 times more chances to win that fight. And a big part of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is part of the secret sauce is that you're dialing someone at scale. So whereas in your example, you know, I'm making one call, then I, you know, I work through the the system, I leave my voicemail, then I make the next call. And this serial process happens over and over again. You're doing a lot more than one call simultaneously, are you not? We are. We're generally doing five or six. Each one is navigated by a, a call navigation expert whose whole job is to navigate single dials. And they're really, really good at it. We give them great technology. You never see them, though. You never hear them. They're behind the scenes. And they never talk to your target. That's the key to the whole thing. So it's a normal phone call. If I were on your list, Daryl, you would log into Connect and Sell. You would choose one of your lists. You would dial a single phone number for the entire time you were going to be talking to people. And then when you want to talk to somebody, you just click this big green go button. If I were the lucky one and, uh, and my phone rings, I answer, this is Chris. The next voice I hear is you and it's instantaneous. There's nothing in between. Why did I let Chris kind of have this uh, platform a little bit to talk about Connect and Sell beyond the fact that it's a really cool technology? This is why. Because what happens when you're using a tool like Connect and Sell, a uh, platform really, is that you get a lot more time to focus on live conversations than you would normally. So now that you've gone to the time and effort to utilize a tool like Connect and Sell, or even if you're not using Connect and Sell and you're doing this yourself with your own tools, own initiative, when you get them on the phone, right? That is Nirvana. I've got a live person on the phone. One in 20, as Chris says. How do you structure? How do you break that call down so that you make sure you take every opportunity to maximize that connection, which hopefully leads to, you know, a sales qualified lead and, you know, eventually an opportunity and it's forecasted in, in a deal. So it's that moment. It's that moment in time. They say hello. And what do you do? Chris, we talked a bit about this when we were prepping for the show. And one of the things you brought up, which I thought was so, so simple, yet it is, how do I put this? It's so overlooked. You raised the point is, and you can correct me if I got this wrong. You said, Daryl, a lot of sales reps, they don't know what the problem is that they're trying to solve for the prospect. Is that true? Yes or no. And how does that relate to today's topic, the anatomy of a cold call? Yeah, I would say there's almost no cases where you know with confidence what the prospect's business problem is. In fact, if you knew what their business problem was for real, and you actually knew that in advance, then the whole cold calling process becomes pretty trivial. But unfortunately, publicly available information doesn't really tell us 
about what somebody's business problem is. And often we're tempted to say, well, then let's go for rapport based on something we learn about the person. Because if you call me up, for instance, and you tell me what college I went to, I already know what college I went to. You're not really providing me with value. So when you go one route, you're trying for value. Hey, let's guess at your business problem, but we tend to be wrong. And if we go another route, which is more personal, we tend to end up in another place, which is there's no value in telling somebody what they already know about themselves. So what's so interesting is we don't know what the problem is. And yet, if we think about it, the problem is situational. I interrupted you. I am an interruption. That's your problem right now. When I get you on a cold call and I'm seeing the world through your eyes, I'm seeing one and only one thing. Hey, I was doing something else. I was headed into a meeting. I had plans and my phone rang and I answered the phone. Now I've got a problem. And the problem is the rep. The problem as the cold caller is me. And this, I think, is the big breakthrough and a different, I'll call it a different anatomy of a cold call that's universal. It's based on just being a human. They're doing work. They're doing whatever. They're with their family. It doesn't really make any difference. You are the problem when you interrupt somebody. And that sounds bad. And it turns out that it's wonderful. All right. So said like a veteran public speaker, did you notice what he did there, folks? And that's wonderful, which is the cliffhanger, which is begging me to ask him, well, why is that wonderful? But before I do, actually, I want to share with you. A few episodes ago, I actually brought on David Hood, who's the CEO of VanillaSoft here. And he and I kind of bonded in that episode over every kind of outreach attempt that we get. That interruption, love that word, is exactly the word he used as well. Uh, whether it's like phone, email, social, because they're all interruptions. Phone is certainly one, one of the channels. And he made the same comment. So you'll hear a lot of people talking about artificial intelligence and all these tools to go and find out to the point that Chris made earlier that, oh, I see you're a skier online or that you're from, you know, New York City or whatever, you know, we're looking at social signals, social clues. I had one earlier this week where the individual said, hey, Daryl, I just saw you've been named, you know, one of the top 19 marketers to follow in 2019. And David made the comment and I fully endorsed it. It was like, I know that already. Why are you wasting my time? Because yes, I know I'm a skier or yes, I know I'm from New York City or yes, I know I won that award and I have no idea what relevance this makes to this conversation, which is an interruption. So I want to take you off track there a little bit, Chris, and, and ask you, why are people using those? Do they really think that little bit of social nuance, that connection results in a higher converting, more engaged interruption? I don't know if they think that or not. They certainly don't have strong evidence for it. I think it's comforting to the rep to think I know a little something about you. So that'll give me a way of starting a conversation without dealing with the awkward fact. The elephant in the room is I'm the elephant in the room. I interrupted you. I am an interruption. That's the elephant. And they don't want to talk about the elephant. They want to talk about something else. And it sounds reasonable. Hey, you know, it's personalized, right? Maybe it'll help. And there's evidence from emails that maybe personalized subject lines work better or personalized emails work better than, than even worse emails. When you interrupt a live human being, because the interruption with a phone call is a different class of interruption. I can skip over an email easily, but it's harder to hang up on somebody. It really is. And senior executives really don't like hanging up on people. They didn't get to be senior executives by, by being boorish. They normally have got pretty good manners. And so you've presented this poor person with a quandary and the rep is nervous 
about having done that. And so they're seeking a security blanket. And that little piece of research, that little piece of information kind of feels good, whether it does anything or not. And it tends not to do anything positive. And I would agree with that. David said the same thing. I like your metaphor of it's a security blanket more for the rep than it is for the the prospect. Lesson number one today, folks, you don't really need that. And I would suggest anybody who tells you that that's going to help you, I would tell you that they haven't sold. Chris told us that the interruption is a wonderful thing. When we come back from this break, we're going to find out why it's a wonderful thing. Don't go, any, don't go anywhere, guys. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, we're back. You know, that commercial was killing me because I actually really want to learn why the interruption is a wonderful thing. I've never heard an interruption referred to as a wonderful thing. So, Chris, the floor is yours. Why is the interruption a wonderful thing? The interruption is a wonderful thing because it creates a problem. If you can get in a relationship with someone at the very beginning where you're mutually solving a problem, you will move the trust needle in the right direction. And you see this in everyday life all the time. If you were to go to the store, you pull up and, and you see somebody who's struggling with some bags of groceries, so trying to get them in the back of their car and whatever's happening, say the wind is blowing and they're struggling, they have a problem. If you were to introduce yourself ever so briefly and help them get those bags into the car, you now have a relationship that has got a little bit of trust in it. And if you're going to have a future relationship, you got to start with a little relationship, a little trust. That problem, I am an interruption is a problem that you can propose to solve. And by solving the problem in a way that actually works for the person you've interrupted, you move the trust needle. So I asked Christopher Voss this question, you know, the author of Never Split the Difference, FBI hostage negotiator formerly. And I asked him, how long do we have to create trust? By which I meant, after a certain amount of time, when does it get hard? And he said, seven seconds. I said, wow, seven seconds. What do you, what do you need to do in seven seconds? He said, simple. Establish that you see the world through their eyes and show that you're competent. And the way that you do that, you say, I am the problem. There's a special way of saying it that we'll talk about here, but you, you make it clear. I know I am the problem. See, there's the problem. And then you put forward a possible solution. And if they accept the solution, you've moved the trust needle and you have a relationship. You remind me of um, Benjamin Dennehy. He's done a, a lot of stuff. He's a big phone advocate. And typically how he starts his cold calls is not unlike what you're describing, where he doesn't say, hi, it's Benjamin. How are you today? I'm with Connect and Sell. He doesn't do any of that. He simply says, he doesn't even introduce himself. He says, hi, uh, full disclosure, this is a sales call. Are you okay to, 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 you know, to move forward? And it just interrupts. But there is a path to resolution. 
no, I'm not. Okay, fine. Hang up and I move on to the next dial. Or yes, now you've got permission. And he's had great success with that. But I'm curious, like why seven seconds? And then how do you do that when these are complete strangers other than a name on a screen? I thought it was eight seconds when I met Chris and he said, no, you're wrong. It's seven seconds. So then he, then he told me what to do. And, and we had already discovered one approach, the one that we stumbled into several years ago. One of our reps was doing it and we saw a huge increase in uh, conversion rates. And it turned out the big reason for that was that he was just getting people to stay on the phone a little bit longer to listen to him. And what this rep of ours was saying was, I know I'm an interruption. That was the first thing he would say. I know I'm an interruption, just like that. And then he would say, can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? And I put this in front of Chris Voss and said, does that work? And he said, sure. When you say, I know I'm an interruption, you are clearly saying, I see the world your way. You know I'm an interruption. I know I'm an interruption. And then you propose a solution. And he said, the solution to the problem should be a plan that shows competence. It should be time bounded. It should have something that that person does and something you do. What are they going to do? They're going to listen to me. What am I going to do? I'm going to tell them why I called. How long is it going to take? No more than 27 seconds. I must be competent. Crazy how you say that because again, Benjamin does something similar. He says, you know, what I talked about already, you know, kind of have 30 seconds every time and then you can make a decision whether to hang up or not. I actually like 27 better. So it's intriguing. What can you do in 27 seconds? I will listen for 27 seconds. I just want to hear your feel because that's pretty cool. I love that. But here's the challenge, whether it's 30 or 27 seconds, I've got a very finite window and I have effectively zero research other than the name on the screen in front of me. How do I connect? What do I do in those 27 seconds? How can I be effective with zero research? So the answer to that question is first, don't put people in random lists, put them in lists that hypothetically share a class of problem. Secondly, don't just tell them about what you're going to do for their company. Say something that's emotionally compelling, preferably something that has an economic component and that has a pure emotional component that has to do with them. So whatever you say to them, you need to set it up in a way that causes them to listen. We've kind of focused on the phrase, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. And the reason we use that phrase is that I believe is a universal way for one human being to say to another, listen to me. This is important. We have discovered takes the ego from the I believe away and replaces it with curiosity about who is we. And by the way, you didn't say you're the leader at the blah, blah, blah. You discovered something. Discoveries are interesting. So what we're trying to do is take trust, a little bit of trust, and turn it into curiosity. Because it's curiosity that'll make somebody take the meeting. So I believe we have discovered a breakthrough. Breakthroughs are universally interesting. They're a little bit outrageous. Right? How could you have a breakthrough? And then you say something to the person that speaks to them. And here's how I think is the best way to imagine that. Imagine that after a hard day of work, say this person is a person who likes to indulge in a beer or two after a hard day of work, and you happen to sit down to this, next to this person, somebody with this job, at the end of that day. And it wasn't a good day. It wasn't horrible. It was just kind of like a standard bad day. And you ask them, you know, what is it about your job that really drives you crazy? And they'll tell you. And if you can take that and put it after this phrase, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough that completely eliminates and then put that bad thing in there and have that bad thing have an economic dimension and have it have a pure emotional dimension, 
you probably will get them to listen to the next thing, which is the reason I reached out to you today is to get 15 minutes on your calendar to share a breakthrough with you. Do you happen to have your calendar available? So if you do all that, your success rate will be radically higher than if you do research and try to tailor the conversation to what you imagine that research told you. What I've heard Chris say is that when you get them on the call, the first thing you want to do is you want to embrace the fact that you are an interruption, but then you can turn that around to build trust by acknowledging your interruption and using that as an opportunity to move the ball forward. If I get a little bit of trust now that I'm going to come to resolution on this interruption, then I will trust you more and more. Then you turn into physically helping paint the problem. You're making it obvious, right? So because I'm an interruption, I can, I can resolve this within 27 seconds. So there's my, there's my resolution. And then you're moving into the next stage, which is, remember, you have zero research here, which is imagine if you're this person, imagine if you have this problem, you're describing a scenario that they can highly likely relate to in their role, because Chris said, you want to use lists that are relevant, right? So that could be an industry, could be a persona, could be, could be technology or a combination thereof. So you can make some educated, informed assumptions there. I believe I have a solution. The situation, the scenario, if you can relate to that, I think I have a solution. Now your prospect is intrigued. And the reason I reached out today is to talk about, you know, can we get 15 minutes in your schedule where I can actually walk you through it, so to speak. So now you're creating a desire to have resolution and giving them permission to talk to them. You can see how the trust factor has changed dramatically. Is that the easiest and simplest and most effective way to close the meeting, Chris? The reason I reached out today was to move on, you know, to another meeting in 15 minutes on your calendar, yada, 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 or, or what? Yes, it is. And it is, especially if you defend it. And the way you, do, you defend it is against the number one attack, which is tell me more. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. The reason somebody asks that or says, tell me more, is they want you to tell them more so they can say, I'm set. And that way they preserve their self-image as a good person and they get off the call. You can't let them get too unset. So when somebody says, tell me more, or any of the other, I call them the Venus flytrap objections that are trying to suck you in so they can spit you out later. You just say this, you know, we've learned the hard way that an ambush conversation like this is an unfair setting to discuss something this important. How's next Wednesday morning? I mean, they can still bail. No, I'm good. I'm set. And if they're set, they're set. And then you move on and, you know, it's a numbers game. We all know that. But what I do like about that is you're making the decision theirs and they're buying in. They're giving you permission and trust is firmly established now. And when they give you permission, yeah, next Wednesday morning works for me. Now we have an understanding of what we're going to talk about next Wednesday morning. So we're no longer strangers. And, and you know, you can follow up on that. So that next meeting starts builds off the trust and builds off the agreed upon common problem and solution that I hinted at in our initial call. So I love that. Is I'm set, is that like the number one objection is that, that you're seeing that in all of the experience with Connect and Sell and your clients? Absolutely. It is the face-saving objection. And it's right in there with send me some information, which is another way of saying, I'm gonna blow you off because I'll get the information and say, I'm set. What they're trying to do is to get your breakthrough into a category that they already understand so they can not listen to it. And that's what they're trying to do. You just have got to hold firm and go for the meeting. So I love that. Let's kind of recap one more time here. The anatomy of a cold call, you need to understand what is the problem that you're trying to solve for the prospect. And the first thing is, is that you're an interruption. How can you make that 
problem obvious and resolve it within seven seconds to Chris and the hostage, hostage negotiator's point was to acknowledge the problem and offer up a solution in an example again 27 seconds without the research you can still if you're segmenting your list correctly you can create a scenario imagine a situation if you can offer a solution i believe we've found i believe we've uncovered i believe we've created and then you can actually go for the close the reason i reached out today was talking about this but let's move forward to the next meeting and if they counter with the venus fly traps i'm set that's interesting, send me the information, then you know how to respond accordingly. And that, in a nutshell, is the basic anatomy of a cold call. And when you look at the leading people in the space today, the leading trainers and coaches, they're all saying variations of this. They may have different language, different, uh, different dialogue, different uh, catchphrases, but that's the gist. If your cold call is not following this formula, I would suggest you have a couple options in front of you you revisit your formula or you try this formula maybe in an a b do your what you're doing now but do this formula you know a b a b and figure out how does that work give it a week or two and see how it's going on refine it or option number three you can get some good sales training from all these sales leaders who have advocated this option number four you go to something like connect and sell and let them coach you while using their platform at the same time so those are just four options we've given you. Those are the anatomy of a, of a cold call when you finally get that person live on the line. Chris, if they wanted to find you online, LinkedIn the best way or what do you suggest? LinkedIn is by far the best way. Chris8649 or look me up as Chris Beale. I'm the guy who publishes those, uh, those obnoxious spreadsheets full of numbers. And while he says they're obnoxious, everybody I know loves seeing them because it's always intriguing to compare yourself against the benchmarks that Chris is always sharing. So that's fantastic. I love that. Guys and gals, we're out of time. So for Chris Beal, follow him on LinkedIn. Check out their site, connectandsell.com. I believe that's correct. Is that right, Chris? Connectandsell.com? Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. And of course, as always, we're coming at you week after week after week with pragmatic advice. If you enjoyed this, I bet you your colleagues will too. Spread the love, share the word. Give us a good review on iTunes and every other podcast directory you are part of. Subscribe to get every single episode as it comes in in real time. Until then, my name is Daryl Prale. You can find me on LinkedIn too. I shall see you soon. Take care, folks. Have a great day. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by... Vanilla Soft. <laughs>